Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Buffalo podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Masseri, here with Kevin Syracuse to go over a game preview with the Kansas City Chiefs. Bye week, so nothing to really recap on that front, but we will have a special guest later on in the show to preview the, the Chiefs from the Chiefs side of things, which is always interesting to hear their perspective. And it'll be a first kind of crossover in a few weeks or more. So that'll be that'll be good to get a different perspective here. But first and foremost, Kevin, how was your bye week? It was pretty good. I saw the UB basketball team play St. Bonaventure. Okay. That's not the best product right now. I know UB is struggling, but it felt good to watch basketball for a little bit and have some stress-free football. And even though it was stress-free from the real-life perspective, there was still the added stress from fantasy implications and then all the different tiebreakers that were going on. And I was trying to attract our rooting interests and seeing who was winning and who was losing. So... As much as I was trying to remain stress-free, the uh, the emotions were still there this past weekend. Yeah, they were. What was the number one thing that was like on your mind? Just the way the game ended, or what? What was still flowing through your head in terms of the Bills? Yeah, I think the number one thing that has been on my mind, even going back to our first show on Thanksgiving Eve, is that the Bills need to win out, and I, I just have that feeling that they could really go on a run here. And we're definitely going to get into that more tonight on the show. But that's been the main thing on my mind. And I've seen it on my Twitter feed. And I know other people have been talking about it. The run starts right now. The Bills need to get hot. And it starts this Sunday in Kansas City. I've always said that there is a path at 4-1 and one to make it. Um, but I do believe the Kansas City win between a strength of victory and an AFC win does put them in better position um, you look through the sim- simulators, it, it would agree um, that it could, beside the Dolphins game, at the, uh, the last game of the year, it could be the second most important game left, not because of seeding, but just in case of getting the Bills into the playoffs in general. So we'll have to go through why that is, and we'll, you know, we'll kind of revisit some of that later in the show. But that is a really important factor, that this game happens to change your odds a whole lot. Not that the Cowboys wouldn't. You need every win you can get at the moment. Uh, but this is a big catapult forward for the Buffalo bills and what they're going to be able to do in the playoff situation right now, depending on what statistic or what you look at sitting around 20% right now to make the playoffs with a win in Kansas city, it's probably around 40%. If you can win just back to back, it is about 70%. So uh, that's the big chunk. And then the reason for that is these are the two hardest games left for the bills in terms of, you know, in, in a lot of different metrics, the dolphins could be hard as well at the end of the year, but those two wins really catapult your percentage points as compared to say a Patriots win, which unfortunately they're expecting you to win when it comes to your playoff odds. So these are the two games that can drastically change your odds percentages uh, to, to make the playoffs. And it's, it's fair to say that they're in the driver's seat, especially with a Kansas city win, but definitely with the Kansas city and Dallas win. It, it might not be control your own destiny, but it's 99% likely that you can control your own destiny with those two wins and have everything else take care of itself. So you kind of fast forward now, you know, I I guess rewind, actually. Let's rewind back to today and this game coming up. The Bills are relatively healthy here. Uh, That is the number one thing that I can point to. Is it too little, too late on the injury report front? You've seen everybody fall, including Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, as well as Kyer Elam. So where were the two roster spots come from? We don't know. Like I assume AJ Klein may be a cut candidate, but from beyond that, I mean, there's their roster is relatively healthy right now, minus the big injuries they had in the beginning of the year, the big three. Offense should be humming. It is full strength. 
that is the number one thing that we can point to so far, Kevin. So how do you feel seeing that injury report and knowing they are getting healthy at the right time? Yeah, I, I got a boost of confidence when I saw that because that was probably the cleanest slate that I've seen since what? Early October, even September. And to your point, I mean, they are still dealing with the losses of Daquan Jones, Matt Milano, and Trey White, and those guys are irreplaceable. But that kind of stems from my hot take that I made a few weeks ago when I said that they are going to get relatively healthy coming out of the bye. Guys like Dawson Knox, Kyer Elam, uh, Taylor Rapp, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, Taron Johnson, all these guys who have been nicked up, they got that week to rest mentally and physically. And who knows, maybe if the Bills are still in contention here, Within the next few weeks, Daquan Jones could be making a return. I haven't heard anything about that front, but originally they said about 10 weeks, and that would line up with about the Christmas of the New Year's game. So maybe, I don't want to start the speculation, but when I tried to do the math myself, I said, okay, 10 weeks would be that Patriots game. So maybe there's a chance that Daquan could make his return late in the regular season. But I would think that if the Bills can make the playoffs – Based on all the medical reports that I heard, I would think that Daquan Jones would have a shot at being back for the playoffs. Yes, absolutely. As always, this show is brought to you by Sons of Erie, www.sonsoferie.com. Check out all of their fantastic artwork. Please share and like. That means so much to us. Smash the like button, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, if you can share or retweet on, on Twitter, that'd be excellent. Uh, that goes a long way with continuing for us to make great content. Uh but when it comes to Daquan Jones, I think the number one thing to remember is he looks pretty good. And he looks, if he can move that shoulder, that arm region, it was told to me 10 weeks uh, by, you know, by people I do trust. And by all accounts, I do believe it matters if the Bills are still in it, Kevin. I don't, I think it's an, kind of an Aaron Rodgers type of situation <laughs> in a way where you wouldn't want to risk or force him back in games where it's, it's, it's meaningless, which we're hoping and we're thinking that it's not going to be meaningless, but if it is, I don't think you see him, but I think it's fair to assume week 16, new England, if not week 17, Miami is a fair time for him to ramp up, be ready to go and into the playoffs. I do think that would require like a designated for return, like as soon as the chargers game or, maybe even next week. So it's interesting to hear, do we see a Justin Shorter return at some point uh, here this year? You know, he had that hamstring late in camp. It's August. I'm not sure what four-month hamstring injury there is, but they've been trying out Andy Isabella. Why not see what you have in the form of Justin Shorter? Will that come to uh, fruition here at the end of the season? It very well could, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. And Matt Milano, there was some early optimism around if he could return late in the season as well. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott kind of put a little damper on that a few weeks ago, um, but we'll have to make sure and see. They also did to Micah Hyde last year, and then all of a sudden he was going to come back for uh, the AFC Championship game uh, as well. So we'll see if Matt Milano's in play. But based on that fracture, it does seem like the time frame might be able to line up with a playoff appearance. Um, I'm not sure about the regular season. So there's a bunch of big injuries, but really, Kevin, those are the only, and then Trey White, obviously, those are the only three um, that you can think of. So they're big ones, like no, no doubt about it, but you, you, the offense is fully healthy. I mean, you got Leonard Fournette and Ty Johnson kind of replacing Damian Harris, but other than that, there's really not any losses on that side of the ball. And then defensively, just the three we've mentioned. So this is the push they're looking for as you go into Kansas city, a team that's struggling on offense. So 
is this a game that you feel that the Bills defense can create enough havoc against Patrick Mahomes, who they've been struggling? They've not, they are not scoring over 20 points right now. Yeah, the Chiefs have lost three out of their last five. And I think that the Bills can totally capitalize on that. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into this stat because I know that you have been tweeting about it throughout the last week, but you do not want to play Patrick Mahomes coming off of a loss. But on the flip side, Sean McDermott, it's 6-0 coming off of the bye for what that's worth. Now, all those games have been at home and they've been against lighter opponents, but that is something to keep track of here that McDermott typically does pretty well following his teams by because they have that extra week to prepare. And the thing that has been motivating me, and I said this before the Eagles game, when I said, I feel like the bills are going to be seven and six. And I ultimately decided that they were going to drop the Philly game, but win Kansas city because they've seen Kansas city so many times. I mean, this is like a yearly appearance where it's kind of like a divisional opponent by now where they're seeing them at least once or twice depending on the playoffs. So if you give Sean McDermott an extra week to scheme up against Patrick Mahomes, who hasn't been playing his best football, same with the rest of their offense, I like my chances. I do too. What is your biggest reason you like your chances? You've said it kind of now, I mean, a couple weeks, you know, for now, like, like tell us why you, you obviously said, you know, if they do go ahead and lose to the Eagles game, you do think they'll rip off five, but let's talk about the chiefs game specifically. Why are you the most confident and were a couple weeks ago that the bills would win? What specifically jumps out to you? Well, I think for the reasons that we already mentioned, like I just said, number one, they've seen the chiefs so many times now. And number two, McDermott had that extra week to prepare for them. And then number three with the injuries and all those guys getting healthy. And I'm going to throw a fourth one in there and that might be able to, uh, you know, translate into a new topic of conversation here. Joe Brady. I think mm -hmm. Joe Brady having that extra week to prepare is going to be huge because I've really liked what I've seen so far from the Bills offense since Brady has taken over for Dorsey. And I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I wonder what Joe Brady's been doing over these last couple of weeks because for as much as guys go on vacation or try to get away from it, I bet Joe Brady has just been soaking it all up and saying, hey, it's go time. And what have we done well? What have we not done well? And how can I get better? How can I absorb the playbook a little bit better? How can I be a better play caller? And that really excites me for Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean... The offense is humming. There's no way around it. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It, it is what you're looking for going into a big stretch of games. Like it's that simple. After the games last week that were played where the Bills were on by, the offense now sits at third in the league offensively, right neck and neck with Miami, uh, who obviously had a pretty big onslaught against Washington. Uh, and then, you know, both of them are actually a big chunk behind San Francisco and DVOA. Uh, so that's going to be a pretty interesting note. And then still, they're saying that the, the Chiefs are fourth DVOA offensively. Uh, a little a little step behind Miami and Buffalo, but they're still getting it done. I mean, mainly because of Patrick Mahomes. The pass catching options there have just struggled. Rashi Rice has been a good pick uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, uh, you know, Valdez Scantling's been poor. Kadarius Toney's been a poor trade. Richie James has done nothing. Sky Moore's been a bad pick. Justin Watson's helped at times. Uh, you know, Noah Gray and Blake Bell, their backup tight ends. I mean, they're they're there. Uh, Jarek McKinnon's been hurt. Clyde Edwards Alaire's been, you know, by all accounts, you know, a, a tough pick for them. You know, you're down to basically Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, and then Rashi Rice. So it's been a it's been a pretty man who's all uh on the injury report this week with it did not participate. 
So we'll we'll check in on Isaiah Pacheco as well as Donovan Smith, their starting left tackle. And we'll get uh, our guest's opinion on this very shortly here coming up on the Going Deep Buffalo podcast. So we'll kind of get their opinion from inside the team on their injuries and what they're expecting. Uh, and then obviously they had a pretty big injury as well with Brian Cook, a nice looking second round safety from last year. Uh, by all accounts, is at least out a few weeks. So they're already going to uh, to the backups. There, Drew Tranquils with has a uh, concussion as well as as well as Bolton's kind of working his way back. So they're 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 getting thinner in the back seven when it comes to uh, starting off the season strong in Kansas City. So a lot to talk about here coming up soon. But I think yeah. one of the most interesting points, Kevin, is is that defense going to be able to stop Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, Kansas City's defense has been one of the driving forces behind their success this year. And that's weird to say because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But I was looking at the numbers and, you know, the team ranks are very, very similar. And it's kind of skewed because the Bills offense was just so abysmal with Ken Dorsey. And when I was looking at these rankings today, I'm thinking that this game is going to come down to the wire. It will. Will will Dawson be back? I do believe Dawson Knox is back. I've been told this was the game he's been targeting. We'll see if that's all clear. But as far as everything I've heard, they do expect Dawson Knox to be ready and able to go. Uh, I do expect him to get activated as well. Like I said, AJ Klein's a likely cut candidate. As far as Elam, I mean, now with Dane Jackson, like a couple weeks ago, there was some injury issues at the cornerback, short-term injuries at the cornerback position. But there's really just not, there's not a position there with Dane back. Obviously, Christian Benford's fine. Rasul Douglas, Taron Johnson, Cam Lewis, Saran Neal playing special teams. Taylor Rat back. I don't really see where the DB spot is for him at this point. And I don't even know who they cut. You're already going to need to cut A.J. Klein. I don't know where that's, this, this extra cut's going to come from on this roster at the moment. So it's – it's will they cut? I, I mean, I, I, I have no idea. Uh, to to get Elon back on the roster. So maybe they're going to let Elon play out probably on that th- uh, three-week window first before they activate him to see if there's any more DB injuries. And if not, you know, maybe they'll make their d- determination at that point what to do. So there's a lot to see what happens with the roster because at the moment there's really only like, and that's cutting AJ Klein. I really don't see another path to the roster for anybody, uh, especially after Knox has to take a healthy roster spot from somebody. So there's a lot to break down from Brandon Bean's end, uh, which is the good problem to have where there's been you know, no additional injuries at this stage. But you're coming off a bye. That's really important. You know, Patrick Mahomes does not lose after a loss. He hasn't done it uh, in two season, two full seasons now in 44 games. Uh, he hasn't lost coming off of a uh, off of a loss. So it's something that's sure like, you know, it's it's meant to be broken, but it's not ideal. Uh, it's just something that, but that their record in general isn't something you generally see uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs at this stage. So it's a it's a kind of an interesting set of statistics that are um, you need to break down. Like you mentioned, Sean McDermott being six and zero, Mahomes being nineteen and four in December, sixteen and three off of a loss, and then forty four games since he's lost back to back. Those are some pretty daunting, uh, some pretty daunting trends for the Kansas City Chiefs if you look at it on a Bills perspective. So something's got to give we'll, we'll that that buy with the reason the buy matters to me is players are healthy. You're seeing it right now. They're rested, they're relaxed mentally and physically. It isn't just like you get two weeks to game plan for the Chiefs. It's that you come back full strength. And the Chiefs had a pretty big battle, Kevin. You saw a loss against Green Bay going up to Green Bay. And you saw a lot of players getting in and out of the lineup like the Bills had to deal with 
you know, basically for the majority, like in that Jacksonville game, for instance, that Bills Jacksonville game reminded me a lot of the uh, KC Green Bay game uh, where the Bills were just losing their starting level defenders uh, throughout the game. Kansas City didn't look great on defense against Jordan Love. Uh, will that trend continue or will they revert back to the defense that you, you you're used to seeing uh, in the beginning of the season? So where are you, where is your head at as you enter this week? Are you feeling confident? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling like this is a do or die moment? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, this is must win territory. And I want to talk about the team stats and the rankings a little bit here, but I want to go back to a couple of comments that I've seen first. Uh, I saw, where is it right here from Thomas asking if Fournette is ever going to play. And to your point about trying to find that roster spot for Kyrie Elam, I mean, I guess this is a good problem to have now because the bills were getting so thin that they were calling guys off the street and, you know, someone like Linval Joseph now, albeit he's been great. It's, it's been a great pickup. He's a big body and that's been a huge addition on that defensive line, but it was getting very thin on that defensive side. And just on the team in general. So now that these guys are getting healthy again, that's a good problem to have that you still have someone like Leonard Fournette floating around on the practice squad. And I think that's also a testament to Ty Johnson being able to perform so well, especially in Joe Brady's offense, because he's been finding ways to utilize Ty Johnson. So before I get into the team stats here, Kev, do you think that the Bills could roll with four running backs or do you is the only path for Fournette to simply take over Ty Johnson's spot I think that there was a path for him previous to the swap at coordinator I don't believe there's a current path for him outside of one of them short-term long-term injury from one of the three running backs I think more ideally for him he would swap in with Latavius Murray even on a one-game basis like you've seen with Hardy like you've seen obviously with you know Hardy getting swapped out for Isabella or like you can see across the defense at times I think that's like you saw with Kyrie Elam earlier on this year with different players. I feel like with Josh Norman, I think you see the same now with, with maybe Fournette comes in for Murray. I don't really know. I mean, he's a good pass blocker. Can he do things better? I, I think it's interesting to see him in the offense, but I think Ty Johnson with what he provides a little bit on returning uh, kind of the speed element, I don't see the one for one swap there. So I think Ty Johnson's safe. Uh, so then it comes down to obviously Damian Harris is already on IR. You're not going to really touch James Cook. I think it comes down to if they'd want Murray or Fournette on a on a game-to-game -game basis. Maybe you give Fournette a game here coming up, whether it's this game or Dallas in the snow, if it's going to snow, or New England. But you are going to give Fournette a chance here to swap out. Otherwise, I mean, I, I guess at this stage, you've seen it before. Uh, you may release him from the practice squad if you're not even going to call him up to, to dress uh, to see what he can do, even on a game-to-game -game basis. So at this stage, I don't believe Fournette's going to ever play at the moment. Um, but I do, the only way would be to inactivate Murray. I don't think you go with Cook, Murray, and Fournette. I think the Murray for Fournette swap would be one that they'd be interested in. I don't know, but maybe maybe they'll give him on a one-game basis with Johnson, too. I'm not sure. But I do think that uh, it's, it's, it's a chance you see him soon. But I just, like we said, I don't even see the roster spots right now, even for Knox. You do have to cut a healthy linebacker for Knox. I don't see one for Elam, and I just don't see one at the moment uh, the way – the offense is playing. I just don't see one here for Leonard Fournette. So we'll track. We'll see if they want to do a trial one game thing. But other than that, I don't see anything more than maybe a game trial for Leonard Fournette. And we'll, we'll have to see if it's this week against Kansas City or they don't even give him that, Kevin. Yeah, that's a good point about Latavius Murray, because I think they do really like Ty Johnson. And let's not forget, they really 
appreciate when guys like in this scenario, the running backs can play special teams. And I think Ty Johnson offers a little bit more versatility in that regard. So I would agree if it's getting to a point where Latavius Murray shows his age as the oldest running back in the NFL, the bills might look to try to juice up the offense and say, okay, why don't we give him the week off? And now Leonard Fournette can come in. And I think the big thing between those two running backs is who is better at pass protection. And then obviously who is better with carrying the ball because sometimes Murray gets stopped for only a gain of two or three. But for the most part, he's been effective. I've liked Latavius Murray. But again, if it gets to the point where maybe he's slipping up in pass protection or he's just showing his age, they might look to get Fournette in, like you said, against the Chargers or the Patriots. But now that these guys are getting healthy, I don't see any open roster spots where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll just carry four running backs today. I think it's going to have to be a one-for-one. Yeah, that's what's going to happen is a one-for-one swap or an injury or someone's being unproductive. But their path hasn't been there right now for Fournette. So we'll see if at all anything changes. Kevin, uh, let's let's time to bring in some team stats. Let's bring up some of the uh, some of the numbers as we welcome in Ron here shortly. Yeah, so I'm going to try to pull up my uh, my Twitter feed here because I just tweeted this before we came on about an hour or so ago. So can I think we see that do, okay? If we do beat KC, I do think there's a good a chance they run the table. Yes, we can see that. Can you see those tweets okay? Yep. Okay, there we go. It wasn't popping up on my screen. So, yeah, um, in terms of total offense, the Bills are fourth. Kansas City is eighth. Passing offense, Buffalo is fifth. Kansas City is eighth. Rushing offense, Buffalo is 10th. Kansas City is 16th. And then scoring, Buffalo is averaging 27.3 points per game, which is fifth in the league. Kansas City is down this year. They are only averaging 22.9 points per game, which ranks 11th. So before I scroll down to the defense here, Kevin, what are your initial thoughts on that? Because when I was looking at this, I was like, okay, I know Kansas City has had some off weeks here, but let's not forget Buffalo had many off weeks during the Ken Dorsey era. And the fact that the Bills offense is still ranked as high as they are in a lot of these categories, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's top 10 in every metric. Uh, so it's 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 really interesting, no matter what you use, box score, eye test, even like the, it's top 10 in, in every metric. You have a top two to three to two right now with the injuries quarterback uh, playing. You have one and two potentially playing. Uh, in this game. But the thing that jumps out the most is the fact that they're ahead of Kansas City and all the box score stats. They're ahead of them in, in, in most ad, advanced stats. Uh, that is not something I expected to see from a six in six team. Uh, I'd expect there's to be big disparities between a lot of these, especially rushing. I mean, I know Isaiah Pacheco has gotten going at times, um, but they just have not had much success offensively at this stage in Kansas City. And as far as uh, it goes for um, the Bills offense, they've been better than most people want to feel like they have. I mean, I, I know people have been thinking about the last two weeks, but they've been pretty good by and large for the majority of the season. Uh, and they had to adjust to some defensive lapses uh, early on this season with the injuries, um, you know, pretty much in the middle of the season from weeks five to, to 12, they had to had to really amount some some defensive injuries. Yeah, and I was even more surprised looking at the defensive stats. So let's get into those now. So, in terms of total defense, 
Kansas City is fourth. They are giving up just under 300 yards per game. Buffalo is 12th. They have dropped a little bit since those major injuries, but again, still they're in the top half. And then passing offense is a little bit more even here. Kansas City is ranked sixth. Buffalo is eighth. Rushing, they're about the same. Kansas City is 19th. Buffalo is 20th. And then scoring. The Chiefs are only allowing 17.3 points per game, which ranks third in the league. And then Buffalo is right behind them. They are top five, only giving up 18.9 points per game. So, and then real quick, I might as well just get into the turnovers here. Um, so, so takeaways, Buffalo is tied for second in the whole league with 21 takeaways. And then Kansas City is tied 18th, which actually equates to 24 teams. So, so they are 24th overall with 14 takeaways. Giveaways for as much as Twitter and the national media talks about Josh Allen being a turnover machine and an interception machine. Well, look at that. Both teams have given the ball away 20 times, which is tied for 24th in the NFL. And then for the differential, Buffalo is tied for 14th with a plus one turnover differential. And Kansas City is 26th with a minus six differential. So when I saw that, I was like, do you think ESPN is going to be talking about this? No, because they are going to talk about Oh, is Josh Allen going to throw three interceptions on this vaunted Chiefs defense? Come on, get out of here with that. The numbers don't lie. Yeah, I mean, the turnovers are an issue in, in receiving them and giving them away in the terms for the, for the Chiefs. Like, they're a big issue for them, like more of an issue because they're not getting them. So they're, they're really seeing some 26. I mean, if that continues, uh, that is a huge in favor for the Bills with the way that the, the turnover breakdowns are going right now. Um, so there's just a lot to really – digest when it comes to this game and that's why i'm really looking forward to having our guest on here um so he'll, he'll he's going to bring it from a kansas city perspective i want to know what the the mojo inside there i mean they're as down as they've been too and that's two games above the bills and they're feeling very similar uh so their bar is set so high that their eight wins feels like six wins to us uh they're, they're kind of saying the same things that we're uh that we're saying here about about our team that they're saying with eight wins uh, so, I mean, I don't know how they'd feel with back-to-back losses, one in Arrowhead going to eight and five. Um, they're starting to feel like they're losing control of their own division, even though, you know, they don't have much competition there. It's, it must be nice to have that kind of buffer. Must be how Miami's feeling right now with having a three-game lead. They have a two-game lead. So it's got to be similar feelings to Kansas City right now as you as you look through your schedule um, of what's going on over there. So. Kevin, as we get ready to approach our guest, uh, it's going to be you know a nice, uh, nice fun chat there to have some perspective from that point of view. Um, are you still in the mindset that you have to win this game? What is your opinion? Like you have to win it? Yes, I mean I'm under the mindset that one more loss will totally just wipe out the Bills from playoff contention. And I know we talked about that if the Bills go four and one over their last five, the only loss can come to the Cowboys. But I don't even want to bank on that just because when we get done here talking with Ron, we will wrap up the show with our final takeaways and get into some rooting interests. But you will see how clouded the AFC playoff picture is. And a lot of these teams are going to be playing each other. You look at the Denver Houston game last week. I know we said that we should probably root for Houston. And I was like, okay, good, because Buffalo does not have the tiebreaker over Denver because Denver beat us. 
thanks to the 12 seconds. But uh, regardless, you know, we wanted Houston to win. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, but now CJ Stroud is seven and five and they're playing well. And I don't like that because a lot of these teams are going to be playing each other. So one team is bound to win. You're not going to get these ties. So, you, I mean, you look at uh, the game tomorrow night. It's New England at Pittsburgh for Thursday night football. And you think, well, Mitch Trubisky's in now, so that could be a few losses. Well, all you have to do is score essentially six points on this Patriots team because their offense is just totally abysmal. So you're looking at possibly another win for Pittsburgh, and then you never know what Cleveland can do. And Jake Browning looks good all of a sudden for Cincinnati now. So I think the best route for Buffalo is just take care of what you can control, control what you can control, and just win as many games as you can so that we don't have to scoreboard watch as much. I think that's the best uh, opportunity for any team, uh, especially in this case as well for the Buffalo Bills. But it's my pleasure to uh, welcome Ron Kopp to the show, lead analyst of Arrowhead Arrowhead Pride. Great network over there. And we've had him multiple times. The Bills do play the Chiefs pretty regularly now. But will that come to an end? I'm not sure. We'll see how both of these teams finish. Ron, first and foremost, how are you doing today? Kevin's uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, no bills week is always a fun week, uh, especially because I, I feel like I end up talking to, to one of you guys uh, up in Buffalo every time. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it's always a fun game, too, isn't it? I mean, y'all have gotten us a few times. We've gotten you a few times, uh, maybe the more important ones. But, uh, you know, this one's super important. And honestly, for both sides, I know y'all are, you know, in a little bit more desperation. mode. But man, you know, Chiefs, Chiefs are trying to hold on to that one seed, too. And, and, and they're not doing a great job of it right now. Yeah. They've uh, they've dropped it a few times over over the over history, but they always seem to grab it. They've grabbed it from the Bills a couple of times. They always seem to beside the Titans here. They've always seemed to grab it uh, right at the last minute. And they do fin usually and historically under Mahomes, at least they do finish very strong in order to do what they need to do to secure that one seat. Is that where your mind's at? Tell us where tell us where Chiefs Kingdom's at right now. Is your mind at the one seat? Is it just get me to the two, the three? Uh, you don't have a ton of competition. Denver's been sneaky. Um, but outside of that, there's not a ton of competition. So that's kind of nice, right? Yeah, the, it's it's all about the one seed. Um, okay. and, and honestly, it's because of, of kind of how this team is, is playing, you know, currently. Um, that You know, I, I think just with how, you know, the defense is playing so well, you know, that's obviously, you know, important to have in your home stadium. But I think, you know, just with how the offense is kind of, you know, struggling to find its way really not as efficient, not as, uh, you know, not as just kind of you can count on that uh, not as inevitable as they've been in the in past years yeah i think this year you know the one seat is in, as important as as it ever has been and you know they're actually set up really well because you know outside of the bills game you know a lot of the games down the stretch uh, you know i we all kind of saw the packers game as as you know uh, maybe an easier game they had two matchups against the raiders in this stretch uh, you know they have the bengal's without burrow now the patriots obviously they have coming up uh, you guys just talked about how how bad they're looking That's so crazy. it it it, it felt like, you know, the the it, it was set up well. The Chiefs were set up well to, to really kind of run to the one seat as long as they took care of business down the down the stretch. And and obviously they're still in a good position. Right. Uh, you know, they're they had the tiebreaker over the Dolphins, uh, who who also have three losses. Um, and, and the Ravens also have three losses. Excuse me. Uh, four losses. Uh, the 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 Chiefs now have four losses. I I'm already still in the mode that we have three losses, but <laughs> but we are still in a, a decent position because, you know, the Ravens have that game in San Francisco, have some other tough games coming up. Um, but you know, the chiefs also have this bills game here and, uh, and the Bengals are honestly, you know, with Jake Browning looking like a tougher out than, than maybe originally thought. So 
yeah, all of a sudden it, it is the one seed's looking a little a little harder to get to after originally it looked like we were smooth sailing maybe to it. But it's still very important. And, and honestly, again, it's just because, you know, this year especially, I feel like, the you know, the offense just isn't as clicking as much. And, and it feels like it's even more important now to, to, to secure that one seed in the home games. Yeah, and you, you know, as you look at the one seed, like the path to the one seed for the Chiefs and uh, like, Yes, you mentioned the Browning-led Bengals. Like, at one point, it was probably a really pivotal game, I would assume. Just like this Bills game was at one point. Um, both of them, you know, really took – there's a big bite out of it. Like, Browning, yes, looked better. Maybe that goes to show you what uh, what they've been working with down there in Cincinnati in terms of, you know, how good is Joe Burrow. I mean, God, he has some of the best weapons in the league. Uh, they were all healthy a couple nights ago, uh, and it showed. That Jacksonville defense has been good. They, they had some pivotal yeah. injuries in that game. Um, so, I mean, I guess from, from the chiefs perspective, that outcome was probably fine. Um, you know, really no, oh, no yeah. competition for the Bengals. You, you, you wanted to take a bite out of the Jags, even though you beat them, um, you know, similar to your game that you played against the Packers, the bills played the Jags in a similar fashion to where Bills thought they were going to win that game. Um, came to London, got all their defense hurt, like badly hurt, um, as yeah. we lead into this game. Um, and the game got away. The Bills almost came back in the end, but it was very similar feeling to the uh, Chiefs-Packers game. As you went up to Lambeau, what were your what was your opinion of that game? Give us a recap of what's been happening to that Chiefs offense who's struggling at that 20-point 20, 20 mark. Um, and is it a penalties issue? We went over some turnover things that you've had. I guess tell us about, uh, to me, a lesser Packers team, what they were able to do to secure the win against you. Well, you know, on the Chiefs' offensive side of the ball, I, I can tell you that I really don't think the Packers did that much to necessarily beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs really beat themselves on offense um, on Sunday. The other side of the ball, the Packers played a, did, did a great job on offense. I can I can talk about that in a second. But the Chiefs' offense, and, and it's been this way all year, uh, you know, they can be efficient, you know, between the 20s. Um, you know, they can they can get these drives together where, you know, the short, the, the quick game's working, the, the run game is working. Um, but there's just these 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 gaps they keep they keep coming to with the downfield passing game with the red zone, um, and it's and it just it, it it reared its ugly head in this game. You know the the first two drives of the game were both uh, red zone drives that got all the way to the Packers eight yard line, and and both turned into field goals. And both honestly, uh, and and actually over the two red uh, drives in the red zone, there were three sacks. How do you have three sacks in the red zone? Like that is a pretty uh, uh, you know ridiculous stat. Um, and it just kind of tells you that. This pass offense, man, there's guys not getting open. There's guys not being, you know, designed to get open, uh, you know, at, at times. You know, at times it just feels like Mahomes is like, all right, where's Travis Kelsey? All right, that's cool. If, if he's not open, I don't really know what else to do with the ball. Um, yeah, it, it, and it's because this, it, it's because the receiver core, honestly, just has not stepped up, the, uh, up this year into the opportunity that they had. You know, guys like Sky Moore are just, just not cutting it. You're just not, uh, no. you know, a good player right now. Uh, you know, guys like Kadarius Tony are just b barely being able to stay on the field. Um, you know, I he has a great game, and then all of a sudden he has a mystery hip and ankle injury that he misses, you know, two days of practice for. Uh, so yeah, and and then MBS. I mean, I'm I'm bearing the lead. I mean, here in Kansas City, we're ready to ready to cut him. I mean, we're ready to ready to get rid of MBS. I mean, it's he he's he he's supposed to be this downfield deep threat receiver, but can't apparently run a, a, a route, uh, let alone catch the pass. Um, we've had two instances lately where. You know, just to get a little nerdy real quick, like, yeah, like the defense rotates real quick. All of a sudden it's a one high look. So he's running vertical. It's like, OK, instead of running straight to the post safety, let's 
bend outside. Let's get vertical to the sideline. That's where Mahomes threw it. And both times the pass goes incomplete because the receiver's running the wrong way. So, yeah, as you can tell, it's 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 something that is uh, it, it's it's just really continuing to be a thing with the Chiefs offense. And it's driving us crazy here in Kansas City because, you know, we're used to this offense just being, you know, lights out the pass off, you know, Mahomes just, you know, putting up 300, 400 yards. And, and it really just hasn't been like that this year lately. Uh, and, 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 and it's really because I think the receiving core has just failed to step up. And so, yeah, that's, that was the main thing in green Bay is just, they had these missed opportunities and, and yeah, to wrap up the point, you know, uh, Mahomes at the end of the game, they had a chance they're down five. He throws an interception. And, and honestly, you know, we've had some debate here, whether it was, you know, sky quit on his route, um, which some people believe he did. Um, to me, Mahomes just probably shouldn't have thrown it the way he did. He threw it, you know, like he was leading him down the field, even though the, the corner was coming over and, and capping him pretty hard. So that's the thing. It's like, it's not that Mahomes isn't like a good, isn't playing or isn't a great quarterback. It's that I think these receivers are, are messing with his confidence and his anticipation and playing, you know, kind of in rhythm. And that's why you're kind of seeing some of the shaky stuff from him. And so it's all, you know, come up into bad red zone offense, uh, you know, turnovers like you guys kind of mentioned. So, yeah, the, the offense is, is playing pretty clunky right now is the way I would put it. Hey, Ron. So what would you say is the stress level right now in Kansas City? I know you guys said that it's still a goal to get the one seed. But then on the other side, you said that you guys are ready to give up on MVS. And just looking at the box scores from last year, where it seems like, you know, even though you guys traded away Tyreek Hill, they were still able to supplement it pretty well. I mean, you guys won the Super Bowl after trading away one of the best wide receivers in the league. But looking at the stats this year, it's really Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice is having a solid year. And then it seems like there's not really that third option. So you guys won the Super Bowl last year. You're still eight and four. You still have Mahomes. And everything is still in front of you. I guess where I'm coming from this is in Buffalo is kind of panic mode because one more loss and we're essentially done. So how are you guys feeling about your season in general? And then I guess kind of branching off of that, how do you feel with Josh Allen and the Bills coming into town? And this is an offense that looks a lot better after they fired Ken Dorsey. So I guess just where are the emotions at in general in Kansas City right now? Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of thinking going on about how far really this team can go, how how high of a ceiling this team really does have this year. I, I think for a lot of the season, the offensive kind of, you know, inconsistencies and, and inefficiencies were kind of just, uh, you know, maybe ignored like, hey, they'll get fixed by the postseason. It's Mahomes. It's it's Kelsey. It's Andy Reid. And, and this defense is playing so well. It's playing like one of the best units in the entire NFL when they're healthy. It, it's like, oh, OK, you know, it, you have Mahomes with the best defense of his entire career. Like this team is set up to go to the Super Bowl, but it, no matter how good your defense is, you still need your offense to be, you know, elite, uh, especially in the passing game, especially, you know, in, in, in these four minute, two minute drills. And I, we actually had a stat on our podcast uh, this week. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically we have Mahomes has gotten like three scores out of like 13 or 14 or 15 opportunities late in games this year. Um, to, to, you know, when he was down or tied or just up one score, you know, that stuff is not what we're used to in Kansas city, right? We're used to in the inevitable Mahomes, you know, with the four minute drill that, you know, if he's down five or six points late in the game, oh, he's coming back and he, and, and he's winning that game. Yeah. It's, it's no problem. I mean, I know you guys know that a little too, too much there in Buffalo, but that's the thing is, is that, you know, the thing, it, it, it can't just magically get fixed when the problems are still happening 13 weeks into the season. 
And so that's where I think this that these last two losses against the Eagles and Packers have really cemented to me. And I think a lot of people's minds, I don't want to speak for all of chiefs kingdom, but to me that like this team does have a cap because of the, 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 the way the receivers are playing. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think to me, they're going to have to overcome a lot of that to, to, to win the super bowl this year. And so, yeah, I think we're not, it's not panic. It's not, um, you know, you guys obviously have to feel like that. You're, you're kind of backed into a corner, even though you're, you're still, it's fun. It's funny. Like you guys are obviously still one of the teams that like no one wants to see in the playoffs. That that is obviously you know one of the best offenses in the NFL. So like we're kind of we're kind of in an opposite position where like we don't feel like we're we're playing as well as we probably should be. Um, but I just to me it's like uh, I don't see it. Net, you know I don't see it magically getting better with the receivers. So I'm kind of I'm kind of waiting for the ball to drop. You know this year. I you know I I uh, we've been very spoiled in Chiefs Kingdom, right? We've been very very spoiled these last few years. So. To me, unfortunately, I just feel like I, I have this feeling in the back of my head, like, you know, something, you know, this, these same issues, these turnovers, penalties, drops, uh, you know, not running the right routes. That's, it's going to show up in the playoffs and it's going to end their season. So to me, I, I, I've kind of, I'm kind of to the point where I, I think they have to come overcome a lot for them to, to kind of repeat this year. It, it, so take that for what you will, I guess. You know, it's kind of funny you said that because I was thinking, even before you answered it that way. But I was like, man, these guys are coming off of a Super Bowl victory. And I look forward to the day that I can hopefully know what it feels like. Because I feel like if the Bills win the Super Bowl, the following year, I'll be like, I don't care. We got our ring. So <laughs> if we lose, I don't have to worry and stress like I used to because we accomplished our goal. I mean, obviously, you want to win multiple rings. But I feel like my stress levels and everyone else in Buffalo It'll just be like a huge weight off of our shoulders and we don't have to worry about every single moment of every single day just because like the tensions are so high. And then even looking at it from the other perspective of different sports here, I mean, the Sabres are just the Sabres at this point. And the other team in Kansas City, the the Royals, I mean, you guys won a World Series within the last 10 years and, you know, say what you want about them now, but you guys have experienced winning what what three rings in the last decade and then we have nothing i mean the bandits won the lacrosse championship last year so that was great but i mean it's kind of like a tale of two tapes so i just have always wondered how i would feel and how bills fans would feel if they can win the super bowl and what the emotions would be like the following year you're playing with house money ron i mean essentially is what he's saying here is that you're playing with house money you traded the best receiver in the league you still won uh you've won twice very in short order i mean it's just outside in history of the sport or in sports in general really like you're not going to win every year regardless of how good your quarterback and or starting pitcher or whatever it may be is I know that's the expectation, but like you still have a great chance, even in a down offensive year with no receivers, like you still have a great, that defense is good. The difference in the two wins to me between the bills and the chiefs, I think Mahomes has been good. I think Josh has been very good too. It's the deep, the bills defense has won them zero games. Like yeah. you can't win. You can't expect your defense to win maybe against the top echelon offenses. Like that's just not realistic. They did, though, early on. The one game the Bills did clamp down was the Dolphins absolutely annihilated them with a full-strength defense. Um, and they can't beat a team with a winning record, which is why I still would root or think the Chiefs will win over the Dolphins. The Ravens are a little more scary to me. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of that, though, with no Burrow, we'll see what – no Herbert, maybe no Josh. I, I just don't know where the challenge is for the Chiefs. Maybe it will rear its ugly head up in a one-game basis. 
on a one-off. It is a win and go home situation. But I think I still think that until they are really in bad shape, I still think everything runs through Kansas City. Even if they're the two, I still think it runs through Kansas City. And Patrick Mahomes, the best player, maybe to play the sport, um, even with some bad off, uh, some bad weapons. But still, Kelsey's Kelsey. That defense is great. I know you're missing some pieces right now, um, but I still think you'll be healthy, you know, by January for the most part. Is that kind of the feeling? And that defense has won you a few games, in my opinion, especially right. to get you to this point. Right, exactly, and and I think your point about your de- guys' defense is, is is the right point. I mean, I, I think this year offenses are just not you know not playing you know as well as they could, and and whoever has those good defenses, I think are are you know are are the teams kind of up in the standings. You know, you know the 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 guys that can make the plays on defense, and yeah, I mean y- y'all's are, injuries are just just wild um, this year. But no, what I was what I would say is is yeah, the expectation is always going to be to 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 win the Super Bowl at this point. Um, and, and they, and, and that's what we all expect. You know, I, I, I expect, you know, that, you know, Andy Reed to, to, you know, get this team, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen it over and over. I mean, you know, no one would have thought in 2019 when this team was, was without Patrick Mahomes in the middle of the season, would have went on to win the Super Bowl. And you're right. It is a down year in the AFC. Um, but yeah, to me, it, it's, it's, it, it is just like the way they're set up, the way their offense is, is constructed right now. I just don't really believe the, they can fix it enough in season to, to make the difference. I really feel like there, there does need to be something that gets fixed and it really is going to be an off season thing. Um, whether it's acquiring receivers, acquiring running backs. Uh, you know, I think Isaiah Pacheco has been a, a good back for us. There's nothing around Pacheco and he's actually dealing with a shoulder injury right now. He didn't practice uh, on Wednesday. If we don't have him, there's not going to be a run game on Sunday. Um, they're going to be throwing every single time, or they might even have Kadarius Tony taking handoffs because the run game outside of Pacheco, there's just, there's just no one. Uh, Clyde is just, you know, he, he's running hard and, and that's all I can really say about him. So yeah, I, I, I think that's the main thing with me and why I, I really do have this like pessimistic ceiling, but I, you know, just to the point earlier, you know, I, I, I hate having that feeling cause I do feel spoiled. I feel, you know, like a spoiled fan, you know, uh, kind of saying that, but, you know, it, it, it's just it's just reality, you know, where we're at uh, two rings into it, you know, with this team. Um, you know, I, I I've seen, you know, I, I feel like last year, you know, I, I can see how the offense was clicking a little more. You know, they had they could have three tight end sets be effective and pass in the passing game. They had a guy like Jody Fortson. If you guys remember him, he was a huge mm-hmm. part of this offense because he could stretch the field as a tight end in that third in that third uh, spot. Now we have 34 year old Blake Bell, who's basically a fullback playing that third tight end set. And we can't pass out of, out of 13 personnel. And that completely takes away something out of your playbook. And, you know, people talk about Rasheed Rice and Juju Smith-Schuster being one for one comparisons for each other. You know, well, Rasheed Rice is still a rookie. Like there's only so much he can do. And you're actually seeing that They're, they, they are very limited in what they call for him. It's a lot of crossers, you know, shallow crossers, a lot of quick, you know, now routes on the outside, a lot of go, you know, or not a lot of goes, but they have started to call those. So all that to say is, is, is that's where I'm, I'm coming from. Um, and, and, and the defense has won us games this year, but at the same time, they've been healthy all year. And, and now you're kind of, and, and just like any team, you know, there's going to be injuries you have to account for. And this team, it, it's young and it's, it's very young. And so if there is any health cracks, that's going to expose the, the kind of the depth because it, it's young at the top. And so the guys below are going to be young too. So, I, I would say that you're kind of seeing the cracks as we get to the end, but um, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm a very, I'm, I'm being pessimistic. I admit it. You know, I, I'm sure any Chiefs fans listening to me are probably drive are being driven crazy if they want to be, you know, if they're trying to be, you know, optimistic at this point. But I, I, I just, I just really believe, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's just how the Chiefs team is right now, and we just got to be realistic about it. It's okay. We're, we're like you guys said, we're sitting with house money. Yeah. And division being where it's at, that's more house money. Like the, none of these teams can figure it out there. We've had the Dolphins finally kind of figure it out. Same here. The Jets were supposed to figure it out. Um, you know, New England had its little mini run after Brady, but they still weren't really ever a threat. And the Dolphins really historically, really struggle in December. They have a pretty weak schedule. We'll see if they're able to finally do enough. They will make the playoffs, but we'll see if they finally do enough to win a game in the playoffs. Um, whether they're the five C, the four seed, or the one, we'll see what they're able to do. But so we don't have that house money usually, like some of these other divisions where we're a game out of the division to get it at the end. We need a situation where the Bills were on the table and the Dolphins show their usual choke to the Ravens, choke to the Cowboys type of thing, which is conceivable. Those aren't three Phoebe's. Those aren't you know that's not the Patriots. Um, those those are those aren't freebies for them. So we'll see late in the season what they're able to do. Um, about this and the bills have like you mentioned these three huge defensive injuries they're finally coming into this game very healthy minus their big injuries which are matt milano trey white and then obviously daquan jones who was playing top five defensive tackle for anyone who hadn't watched him on film yet he was playing amazing football next to ed oliver um so they, they took a chunk right down the middle of their defense as well as trey white who locked down tyreek hill uh week four uh, which was which was great to see, uh, but they did go out and acquire Razul Douglas, who's been every bit as good. I, I can't even believe saying it. Like he started off with a slow start in his career, played pretty well as he got more into his Green Bay years, and he's playing really good football. So f- luckily, the Bills haven't lost a huge beat on the on the end in terms of what they're doing at the corner position, what Christian Benford's developed into, much like McDuffie. Um, they've had some good luck at the DB position, so that one isn't as big of a hole. They're still missing Daquan Jones every day. Um, it's, it's been one that they just, they could, they, they just haven't been able to fill with four. Okay. Looking defensive tackles. None of them have really stepped up. Terrell Bernard has stepped up mightily. So, you know, how are you feeling right now with your defensive injuries? As we've just talked about some pretty big ones just recently. I'm Brian cook was looking like a good looking safety second round pick last year. A guy I had really liked his film. I think the defense plays well with him in it. Uh, Drew Tranquil on his on his IR or not on his IR, but on his concussion stint, and then as well as Nick Bolton coming back potentially from IR. Anything I'm missing? How are you feeling about the defense uh, injuries on the injury side? Yeah, it was it was the major theme from Sunday. I mean, even even guys that didn't go out for the game, there was there was just a ton of injury timeouts. Guys going down, uh, getting banged up. Uh, you did hit hit all of them, um, I believe. Yeah, Tranquil concussion protocol. Brian Cook, his, his ankle that didn't look good. Um, he he twisted it pretty bad. <clears throat> Sounds like it's just a sprain, um, kind of like the Trevor Lawrence thing, though, like a pretty maybe a pretty bad sprain. Um, so that he, he I doubt he plays this week, obviously. And, and that's the thing; they actually had been rotating Cook and Mike Edwards situationally because Mike Edwards is a pretty good ball hawk, free safety. But man, uh, you really do see the difference. Cook is so much better at filling yes. the uh, filling the lane, uh, filling the alley, I should say, making that tackle in the run game or just in the open field. Mike Edwards is a, is a liability in the open field tackling, um, and that's why they try to keep him more for for pass downs, more in pass coverage, because he can play over the top. So yeah, that's going to be a big one, uh, especially against the Bills. Obviously, you know, not having that that free ranging free safety that can really get over the top. 
Uh, again, Edwards can, but I think he's a little more undisciplined overall in his play. Um, just in general, I think he was kind of maybe the reason anyone watching that Sunday night game, there was that bomb down the play uh, on the field on fourth down that ended up between like three chiefs defenders. I think part of that was Edwards not playing the ball very well. And so, yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. Bolton should be back this week though, which is a, a is very key because they've been missing him since like before the bye week. It's been almost, you know, a month or two now. And Tranquil has been a really good substitute for him, but it, it, just in honestly in, in, in the pass downs more or, or kind of maybe on, on outside runs more, this team has been getting, uh, beat up inside uh, in, in, on inside runs lately. The last two games, the Raiders and Packers have really um, been, been been able to find success on the ground. And Tranquil, you know, was in that Raiders game the whole time and, and was part of that. This Packers game, obviously, got hurt on the seventh play of the game. They were down to their third string middle linebacker, who's actually just a special teams guy, really. So, so yeah, I, I the Chiefs' defensive injuries are, are big, and they just happened, you know. So like, uh, you know, the 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 Cook one, Bolton obviously has been a few weeks, but. Tranquil not being in there to substitute for him. Um, you know, obviously I, we were expecting Bolton to be back this week, but if for some reason Bolton isn't all the way back, you know, this week, that's, that's going to be a huge mismatch for the bills. Uh, you know, they're kind of, you know, running into those light boxes. Uh, you know, that's the Packers were killing them with that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I, I think it's it, chiefs are dealing with really big impact defensive injuries right now. I, this, this game could turn into a shootout for sure. That was going to be my question about Nick Bolton, because I saw that, it was a wrist injury with him, correct? Yes, it was. Yeah, he had surgery, and I saw yeah. that he returned to practice. Same with Dawson Knox, for that matter. So maybe both players will be back this week with those wrist injuries. If they were both healthy, do Tranquil and Bolton play the same position? Like, is there a way that the Chiefs would play both of them at the same time, or is it just one or the other strictly? It on on early downs. Uh, you know, they would be probably just playing Bolton. Tranquil would probably be on the sideline. Um, it would be Bolton as the mic, and then they would have either Willie Gay or Leo Chanel as that will linebacker. And then if it was three, they'd have both of those guys in. Um, they will have some some packages where Drew and Nick are on the, on the field at the same time, just because, you know, it is nice to have that intelligence at both positions because they don't trust Leo and Willie to be, you know, to be calling the plays. But no, honestly, and Bolton's healthy. Uh, Tranquil really, it seems like he only really comes down for pass downs, but he will substitute for Bolton. So Bolton won't be much of a pass down linebacker as much, you know, so those third down, those second and longs, those, those, uh, late half situations, Tranquil, that's when he really plays when everyone's healthy. And so he's more of a situational player, but you know, obviously, you know, in today's NFL, that becomes your, your starter, you play 50, 60% of the snaps anyway. So are you guys primarily a four, three or a nickel? Uh, nickel, uh, but at the same time, they will match. They will match the base personnel four three uh, with with uh, you know if the bill or you know if an if an offense plays heavy, they 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 don't usually run nickel against the heavy offensive personnel. But obviously, you know for the most part, they like to run out of their nickel. I was gonna say, so who would be the odd one out? Would it would it be Leo Chanel or do they? Do you guys yeah. like him? Yeah, no, Leo is Leo's been doing really well for his position for kind of being. He's almost like a, a you kind of just have to tell him to go do something. Um, but I think down to down, if, if, if you're having him just kind of like consistently drop into his hook curl zones or kind of, you know, read out plays, he'll make some mistakes, especially in coverage. You know, the Packers were, were twisting him around with play actions and motions and, and, and kind of some of their, their, the, the ways they were passing the ball on Sunday. Um, but when he is around the line of scrimmage, when he is that Sam linebacker, when he is playing the run and kind of just, you know, getting downhill, he is a, a a beast, and 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 I think the other stuff will come as, as he plays. He's obviously only in his second year. 
Yeah, if you look at their snap count, snap totals, we can go over now. Drew Tranquil, 514 snaps this season, leads the linebacking core there in Kansas City. Willie Gay, 468, um, down to Leo Chanel, 309, and then obviously the injured Nick Bolton at 212. So they still have a fairly nice role for Drew Tranquil. And it was said to be from you know inside sources here that the Bills were very interested in Drew Tranquil here uh, after the, uh, the loss. Uh, essentially, of Tremaine Edmonds to the Chicago Bears. What was going to be the plan for him here? Not quite sure. The Bills did happen to score Terrell Bernard, which has been one of the Bills' best defenders, regardless of what PFF says. Uh, he or whoever, he has been every bit as advertised in the third round there for the Bills. And many people wanted, um, you know, I had, I had heard some stuff about, um, you know, why not Leo Chanel for the Bills when they were they were picking. Um, but, you know, they went with Terrell Bernard, and luckily that one paid off for him. Uh, in a way, and they've been going with Terrell Dodson, who uh, who PFF says is the number one rated linebacker in the league. Very bizarre. Um, we don't really know why. Um, he has flashes, but certainly nowhere near. Like, I cannot figure out for the life of me why they think he's the best linebacker in the league. Um, but okay. Um, and then behind him, he replaced Dorian Williams, a nice looking third round pick from uh, Tulane, who still Bills fans would rather see a Bernard Williams linebacking speed, young youth combo than they really care about where uh, where Dodson is ranked on PFF, which is still baffling. You know, that's that's an example of, well, you can't take the good with PFF and not and not take the bad. For me, it's like, nah, like he is not the number one linebacker in the NFL. Like that's false. Um, there's no way that there's anything, any truth to that, but um, that's a very interesting position group to me because the bills dictate their offense. Josh Allen will based on what your linebackers are doing. Where are they at? Where are they shading? Are they going hook curls? Are they dropping? Are they going to pressure? Because if you go man to man spy, Josh Allen's going to historically run. He's going to historically beat your linebacker yeah. for the most part with exceptions. He's going to exploit that as he did against Philly. Philly's defense is a mess. Uh, the Bills absolutely annihilated their defense. I don't think they got it in them with that with that team to win it all this year. Uh, I just it's it's a struggle. I mean, they're not going to be able to get down 14, 10, 14 points every game uh, and pull off victories and all those. So, I mean, the Chiefs played them uh, very the same type of game. The difference was, you know, you had a drop pass. Um, Bill is essentially very similar type of outcome uh, in their experience with the Eagles. So. As you look at the Chiefs defense, I want to stay there for just one quick second. How are you feeling about, like, all in all about the pass rush? Um, like, I like what I've seen a little bit from Karloftis. Um, like, I guess talk to me more. I mean, obviously, you have Chris Jones, best defensive tackle in the game. But talk to me about, beside that, like, how are you feeling um, from a defensive line standpoint? Bill's O-line's been number one pass block in the league. They had, like, a Chiefs-like ascension. Uh, and everybody said if the Bills had this O-line, they would – the one seed um and very ironically so they're now down a few notches with by all metrics the number one pass blocking by three different sources number four and run blocking it doesn't make a lot of sense ron um so how are you like what what are, what are you seeing from the chiefs pass rush because quite frankly it's been a negative for the bills it's now a positive with the bills uh that's the reason they, they were out in the playoffs in the divisional round what what are you seeing from them? Uh, Josh Allen's been sacked the least amount in the league. So what's, I guess, talk to me about the pass rush. No, I, I, it's, it's, it's a really good point about the bills offense in the past. I think, I think, you know, the chiefs defense ha has gotten, uh, you know, pressure sure. on Josh, even though he, you know, a lot of times negates it or makes a play around it. You got to be careful, obviously, but, but no, I think, I think that could be a key here because, you know, the pass rush is something that 
I think at the beginning of the season, it just it, it, it looked much better to me, like the four man rush, I should say specifically, uh, than it does now. Uh, it just doesn't feel as effective as maybe as it was early in the season. It feels like Chris Jones, you know, he gets double teamed all, all the time, obviously, but it just it just seems like no one else is, is winning off of that as much as, as they used to be. Karloff, this is, is is just such a solid player and and above solid. You know, Saul is un- underselling him um, for what he's done this year. You know, just super hard to stay in front of for too long. Um, definitely creates a lot of pressure. Um, but that's the thing. It just se- it just seems like it's not happening consistently enough. The Chiefs absolutely rely on, you know, uh, sending creative blitz packages or, or even stimulated pressures where they're still sending four, but it's coming from different ways and they're dropping Karloftis into a short zone or they dropped Derek Nottie into one a couple weeks ago. And, and it, it, it was it was driving me crazy. And that's what Spags will do. Spags is Spags <laughs> yeah. is a mad hatter. He's got a deep bag. And this year he's really he has really had a deep bag this year. And it's because of of how much continuity he has with these young, talented players. And and we do have talent at every single level of the defense. I think he's having fun with that. But I think he's really had to use that blitz, uh, you know, to to kind of help that four man rush recently. And what you're seeing is 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 honestly the last two weeks, uh, guys like Jordan Love and Aiden O'Connell of all people were really doing a great job of getting rid of the ball quick and beating their blitzes. You know, getting to the hot spots in those in those fire zones where there's going to be kind of a, a you know a, 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 a you know a window a, a, a to throw to maybe right off the bat. You know where the blitz is coming from, and 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 guys like that were getting rid of the ball quick and getting it done. Now, you know, Josh is obviously can do best. You know, can do both. Right? He can he can play that quick game. He can play the rhythm of the offense, but he can also make you pay. You know, holding on the ball. I think the way the Chiefs defense has been exploited recently, though, has been kind of playing in the rhythm of the offense, kind of, you know, uh, playing from the pocket. You know, I think you do kind of play into the Chiefs defense a little bit, you know, their pass rush, at least, if you hold on to the ball and kind of try to scramble around. Because I will say the one thing about Mike Dane, about George Karloftis, um, they're hustlers. They're they're athletic defensive ends, and and, and they're dudes that are going to fly around and and, and chase you down and and maybe, you know, chase you down faster than, than a typical defensive end would. So I guess that's the one thing I'd say is, is yeah, I, I think there's a chance, uh, you know, the the way the, the Bills really can take advantage of the Chiefs defense this week is is for Josh to play, play from the pocket uh, and, and use that pass protection like you guys are talking about. Ron, I have one more question for you. Before I ask you this one, I just want to say I was looking at the numbers. I don't know if you knew this or not, but last year the Chiefs averaged 3.24 sacks per game. This year they're averaging 3.25. So <laughs> I guess quick question off that, like, does it feel the same as last year? Because from what I've heard, looking from the outside in, it's like, oh man, the Chiefs defense got so much better. But in terms of those numbers, does it really feel like they got better or worse? And then when you look at the sack, not really just like what's your perception of that? Yeah. So I would say that that's actually a pretty good stat to point to maybe that the pressure that the defensive front maybe hasn't gotten much more effective, much better. I think they had a really good pass rush last year. They were getting sacks last year, right? They were getting after the quarterback last year, but I, I will say, no, this defense is a, a notch better than what we've seen in, in the chiefs uh, in the past uh, under Steve Spagnolo. It's because of the back end. And, 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 you know, I, I, I do need to, to, to give them Daniel a lot of credit. <laughs> Yeah, they don't have Daniel Sorensen anymore. No Ben Neiman anymore running that dime linebacker spot uh, for man. You guys took advantage of that more than anybody. I did. uh, Josh had a few uh, long, long touchdown passes. Thanks to Daniel Sorensen that I can remember. But 
I, I, I really feel like having as much talent as they do in the back end right now, Trent McDuffie being as versatile as he is, Legereus Sneed really just out of nowhere becoming like a legitimate outside cornerback. I really didn't know that he 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 could just play like this. I had always been under the impression that Legereus Sneed was someone that kind of needed to play from that slot, be kind of a playmaker, that kind of that third linebacker and nickel that you can play in coverage and play in the box and, and blitz and stuff. But man, uh, he, he is, he is hunkering down as that, that true, you know, lockdown outside corner. Although, you know, I, I think he, he is, he has kind of gotten a little Devonte Adams got him a few times recently. So I, I think there's some time, uh, there's some, there's some chance to get after him if they leave him alone with uh, Stefan Diggs too much. I think him and Josh could definitely, you know, find some spots to take advantage there. Um, but, that's the thing is, is they don't leave him on an island. They really do uh, most of the time give him safety help. It's really more of a double team, um, just using Snead's physicality to kind of play, uh, you know, underneath. And then it's really McDuffie who kind of, you know, locks in. It's probably going to be Khalil yeah. Shakur. Uh, yeah, whoever, because uh, they won't, gonna, they're not going to want to match him up on Gabe Davis, obviously. One on one, that would be a mismatch in terms of the size. So, all that to say, the back end has been playing well this year. That is what makes this defense much better than it has been in the past. But the, the pressure, the pass rush itself may not be um, any better than you guys have seen in the past. And if your pass protection is better then yeah, maybe that specific part of the, the game, you guys might have a little bit more of an edge than maybe you have in, in recent years. And then my final question is, I'm glad we took that little side path because that was interesting, but I've been wondering this for a couple of years now. So maybe you have the answer for me. And I saw someone in the chat talking about this. What exactly happened to Clyde Edwards Alaire? Because he looked so promising at first, and then all of a sudden he just dropped off the face of the earth. And I guess branching off of that, Jerick McKinnon, too, he seemed to be a productive back for you guys last year, and he seems like he dropped off as well. And tying this into your point, you said if Pacheco's out, the run game is just totally gone. So, like, what is the reason for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just being invisible now? No, I, I it, it's something that we all kind of saw him come onto the scene as a rookie, and I think he he what he showed as a rookie if he would have continued to to play like that i think you could have definitely seen him you know have a role in this offense as a kind of that guy that they can run out of you know uh, throw a two out of the backfield in the screen game you know run into you know play from the slot and, and kind of make some some plays there he got this really weird hip injury um went down really awkwardly and hard uh, against the saints his rookie year towards the end he did not come back that year and you know, we've kind of, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, just just kind of, you know, talking, uh, have speculated, you know, maybe that just that really just he wasn't able to recover athletically from that. You know, he had a gallbladder surgery or something um, that following year two. And it really, you know, he, he apparently just it just killed his training. Uh, it kind of happened in the preseason uh, kind of closer, you know, to training camp. And and he was he was at, uh, you know, there were a lot of people admiring him or coaches, I should say, kind of um, praising him for kind of toughing through that and all that. But you know, I, I, maybe it has affected his athleticism because he just not, does not move the same. He just doesn't. Uh, when he was drafted from LSU, that dude was lightning quick in terms of, you know, in a phone booth, right, making someone miss, um, you know, really, you know, being able to do that. He just doesn't do that anymore. He's never been the fastest player, um, but he just doesn't have the same quickness that he used to. And so I, I that's my best answer for you. Um, besides that, I don't really know because, you know, it, he's not the same player he was even when they first drafted him. And and I, I wouldn't really be surprised if, if this is the last you know year he's in the NFL because I don't really see where he's going to find a spot or where anyone's going to value him uh, next year. He was a first-round pick, right? Mm -hmm. Late first, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, late first round pick. They they picked him over DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Oh. Dobbins. Although you know Dobbins is is whoever, but uh, yeah, no, we we talk about it all the time. Michael Pittman was the 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 next pick. T. Higgins was the pick after him. Uh, yeah, yes. trust me, we talk about it all Buffalo the time. You can you can write that wrong with T. Higgins though, uh, potentially this off season, hey, right? Uh, and watch let him walk like what I mean. Clyde Edwards Alaire looks to me like he's going to be a practice squatter for somebody next year. Honestly, like some of those guys who will come up. Um, that's, I think, where his destiny leads. And it happens. Like, he reminds me of a lot of Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary hasn't had that drop yet, but very similar players in their prime. Like, Devin Singletary could do the same thing in a phone booth. Very similar uh, in a yeah, way. Yeah, I actually, Buffalo. yeah, I, I would. I actually would say Devin Singletary is probably a good comp for what Clyde was supposed like what we kind of thought Clyde yeah. could be. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. And he was he was good four years, and most people don't remember. I mean, he was good four years in Buffalo. Not great. He was really good four years in Buffalo, and he has shown some flashes in Houston. Basically, getting ahead of Pierce already. So that's my comp for for him. Um, but luckily, that late third to an early for, or late first, kind of a big difference in uh, some value the Bills. Um, got a little bit lucky with their value. Zach Moss looks pretty good. Another late third round pick uh, now leading Indianapolis. Another playoff hopeful. So two two ba- axe Bills backs uh, leading their backfields um, for for playoff hopefuls. And then obviously James Cook, a late second round pick who has really yeah, came on strong. Um, yeah. um, start slow. That's his biggest downfall. They literally can they had to the point where they don't start him um, because for some reason these first quarters are horrible um and by the fourth quarter he is one of the better players on the field but um the khalil shakir versus mcduffie battle is interesting because most people don't realize he's been the most productive pass catcher over the last three weeks for the bills um both analytically even in his box score he's been good like he's been a lucky addition in the fifth round had some second round grades fell a little bit I don't know how he fell to the mid fifth. I'm not saying he's lighting the world on fire, but now he's getting that rapport with Josh Allen and uh, his separate yards of separations toward the top of the league. His EPA is toward the top of the league. He's been every bit as much as you hope for from a fifth round, early fifth round pick the Bills traded up to get him. Um, and that's a pretty good battle with his, you know, former draft mate in McDuffie. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one. I mean, I would assume edge McDuffie, um, but you know, but he's been a good, lucky third addition to similar scenario where we were looking for a third receiver since Cole Beasley. And he has came on very strong to the point where we really don't play anybody else anymore. Our three receivers and the two tight ends. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. And the bills will go flexible. So they will throw you now with Knox back. The best thing about Knox is their ability to run out of 12. Um, they pass super well out of 12 personnel. Um, and they are able to find mismatches on most defenses. Uh, when it comes to the way that that looks. So we haven't, no one's seen it, including the Bills fans, including, you know, the Chiefs. Um, no one has seen what Shakir, uh, Knox, Kincaid, um, and obviously their two starting receivers can do under Brady yet. So we don't know what that will look like. It's got to be, uh, you know, Spags has got to go in his bag to make sure that's accounted for um, when he goes to 12 with five pretty good options on the field if they go that route or based on what running back they'll they'll have in that lineup. Um, you know, you put Cook in there and then you can swap the other four guys as you please. Um, has been successful for the Bills. Um, they've just allowed now four times their defense has let up last minute drives. So that's an issue and one that we know Pat is super good at, um, just like you saw against Green Bay. The difference between the Bills and the Packers, the Bills have let that up at the end of the game. Um, so Patrick Mahomes is not one person that you can let have that situation because the Bills defense hasn't got it done. Josh Allen has number one in the league 
uh, in the fourth quarter under three minutes um, in terms of his effectiveness, his EPA, and his win probability increase. Uh, but the Bills defense toward the bottom of the league in that same situation. Josh Allen walks off the field with a lead since since the playoff game. Josh Allen walks off the field with a lead that he is not securing these wins. Um, the Bills should, by all accounts, be nine and three um, in in a lot of these situations. Uh, and that's not even being. I mean, Josh has walked off with the lead um, against uh, many of these teams. New England, they let Mac Jones drive the field to win. Very bizarre. They let Denver drive the field to win, and then Philly uh, drive the field to win twice. Um, so needed. I mean, there's three wins right there. Not too, not too hard to say that under 90 seconds, Josh Allen gets it done. Bills defense have historically gotten it done. Uh, they were actually been pretty good going into this year, but this year they've been pretty bad at it. So that is one advantage, Mahomes, to where late in the game, I don't think anybody. In, in Bill's land, we'll have any hopes that they will be able to stop Mahomes in a one-score game. Um, whether it's tied, whether they're up, whatever the situation may be, either way, you, you might you might almost rather be tied um, than be up because that hasn't been friendly to him. I mean, but, you know, I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this, you know, you're right. Usually Mahomes, that's kind of his bread and butter. But, yeah, this year they've really struggled in their four-minute drills or late half, uh, you know, getting getting kind of, you know. Well, uh, they got a battle then. Quickly. Yeah, I know. It's going to be kind of a two magnets, kind of, a, you know, north-south pole kind of, kind of uh, you know, pulling away from each other. Because, yeah, that's, that's, that is really uh, something. But, no, I, I do want to talk more about uh, the, the Chiefs, uh, the coverage that matches up because I think, you know, the McDuffie matchup is a good one, but, you know, I really feel like with the attention with Diggs, with McDuffie in the slot, like, I really feel like Gabe Davis is going to be a key player for y'all because he is going to be going against Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams the majority of the time on the outside against us. And again, the Chiefs have been doing, you know, pretty, pretty good job of, of giving Snead the safety help and actually kind of isolating that, uh, that backside receiver on the outside. I don't think they've really played someone you know, with that kind of, you know, the, the, the second receiver on the outside, like a Gabe Davis, um, that, that, that they've had to kind of worry about that with. So yeah, just, just to throw that out there, I, I feel like it could be a, a big Gabe Davis or, you know, a, an opportunity at least for Gabe Davis to have a, a big game um, or, and have big plays down the field, just because I, I think naturally the chiefs are going to have more attention to the other guys or have their better players on the other guys, uh, McDuffie and Snead. Gabe Davis has been coming on with Brady too. That's been the, the big ascension. Uh, later on this season, many, many people were nervous. Where's Gabe Davis? Um, he ran some perfect routes against the Jets to open up the rest of his offense. Um, so he was, you know, awarded with by Joe Brady saying he was the player of the game. Many people were confused why that they would say that, but it was, I mean, he was running right to great spots. He was running crisp routes and freeing up linebacker or uh, freeing up uh, his other running backs and tight ends from linebackers. Um, so it was, he did have a really masterclass and last week against Philly played a super good game, ran the right route to the corner of the end zone to win the game. Like, like you've seen Gabe do, um, and Josh, Josh put in the middle of the field, wide open, single look, single high look, uh, cover zero blitz. Um, Josh put it toward the middle of the field for some reason, still a much talked about reason wide open that the bills called the right play against a cover zero blitz should have walked off the field in overtime. And Josh had to put it in the middle of the field for some reason to kick and kick the field goal. Then Hertz goes down, wins the game, et cetera. Um, so Gabe has been good, went over 100 yards in a tutty, should have had 130 and two. Um, and he, you're right. Like he is overlooked in Buffalo most of the time because people want like Devontae Smith. Like that's all people think of when they think of a receiver, too. They think of literally the right. top two guys. Um, and, and even Higgins hasn't been a world beater, he's been in and out of the lineup all year. 
Um, and there's been, you know, Jalen Waddle's really good. He's been in and out of the lineup too, though. Uh, but the, for the for the majority of it, though, beside those three, like you could put people would put Gabe Davis four, or some people would put Gabe Davis twenty on this wide receiver two lists. And that's that's the crazy part about Gabe Davis because you'll see games like he's had against Kansas City or like he did against Philly last week where he's in the top five of receiver twos. Then you then people will assume that he's in the bottom five of receiver twos. But I think we forget like how big of a mismatch he can be for Josh Allen. Um, and like, look at Kansas city. Like I say all the time, like I don't want to see Gabe Davis in Kansas city because I think he'd be really good. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could definitely see that. He's the um, kind of player Mahomes would be good with in my, in my opinion, based on what I know about both of them. So, yeah. And they, and they really have been trying to, to, to find, uh, you know, someone that they can kind of say, Hey, you know, uh, get vertical. I'm going to throw you back, you know, or throw you a, a go up and get it kind of ball um, or just get, you know, vertical down the, down the field. You know, I'm gonna throw it 60 yards, just go and he's good at that. You know? Yeah. No, they, they, they yeah. definitely, um, those a lot of people guys, call them NVS Ron, which was always interesting to me. Cause I was always <laughs> like, he's better than like, you can see behind me the, the play in Kansas yeah. city, but he's always been better than NVS. Like I'm sorry. I would agree. Um, oh yeah. No, MVS is, is, is one of the weakest receivers at the catch point I have ever seen in my entire life. Gabe yeah, Davis is, is, is strong at the catch point MVS. I mean, it, it honestly, the reason he doesn't get DPIs is because refs like refs probably just don't like, he, he, he is so weak to the catch point that like refs are probably just like, Oh, he's not getting interfered. You know, he, like it, you can't tell he's getting interfered with because it's just like he's just so weak when the ball. Someone there, said like, that, and I believe it. Like I, yeah. I, I, I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? That may matter. I think these refs do have preconceived notions. They absolutely do, whether it's certain quarterbacks, whatever. And they absolutely had some preconceived notions of him as a player. You could see it because ideally, I believe Devonte Smith gets that call. Period. Um, uh, yeah, because he's stronger digs. to the ball. Yeah, because right. he's he's actually trying to go up and get it, even though he's Correct. a 170 pound dude. MVS, it is always, hey, c- come on, bread basket. Yeah. It's 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 it drives me crazy. You can tell. I mean, I'm no, I, 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 I we we feel I'm it, up man. a wall. Like, <laughs> I can't I can't feel too bad. You've got two Super Bowls. You're still in good yeah. position. Don't your feel division, bad for us, please. Your division's too weak. No, like you're gonna win it. And I still think whether you're the three seed, the four, like I think like you're the team to beat because I don't buy the Dolphins. Ravens, maybe I don't really buy the rest of the experience in the field without Burrow, so or Allen. Yeah. So uh, I don't know the I Ravens. Think... The Ravens to me, you know, just with having the the you know a new an actual offense for Lamar, where you know it's not just uh yeah. you know I I feel like that that may put them give them a chance to go over the top. But hey, I just to just to say, I mean, I I do have money on y'all to make the playoffs that I bet on that I did recently because I I I. I very believe I, I I strongly believe that y'all are y'all are still going to be there. I think that would be a scary matchup for the Bills in the six or the seven seed playing Kansas City or one of those teams. Like that's not who you'd want to see across the field when you can pick Kenny Pickett um, or yeah, right. whoever's in Cleveland, Gardner, Minshew. Joe Flacco. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I, if I'm like, I, I just would not want anything to do with Burrow or Allen at the bottom of the the the, the playoffs, and obviously Burrow's out, but. I yeah. would want nothing to do with Josh Allen there in that situation. Equally so, if it was Mahomes, I would want nothing to do with playing them. Even if the Chiefs were down in the 60, like I want nothing to do with, with that experience yeah. at all. Um, did want to ask one last thing on my end. The O-line, some tackles, some left tackles out, Donovan Smith. Um, yeah. You know, you had to go with uh, Wanya Morris. Um, looking like you might have to this week. Tack- interiors as good as ever with your interior O-line. The tackles are struggling. 
give me, give me, I kind of told you about the Bills O-line. Tell me about the Chiefs O-line now, um, at least at the tackle position. Yeah, no, you're right. Jawan Taylor has just kind of had a rough first year in Kansas City. Uh, it's not just the penalties. Um, he's, he's, it, 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 I, you know, I know we're talking pass protection, but it, it, it's kind of funny. You know, the run blocking is significantly worse than it was last year with Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley. And it's something we kind of all underrated, kind of maybe kind of didn't overlooked as we got into this year is, is they, they really did have some strong run blocking tackles. And, and these guys are not that, you know, uh, Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith are much more pass protectors. Um, so for the most part, Taylor, you know, he, he's just struggled with the penalties and run blocking. He's been fine as a pass protector. Donovan Smith gets bullied um, sometimes. And I think lately uh, that in, it's a neck injury. So I think that might've just been something that built up with him um, because the green Bay game, he was kind of in and out and, and you could tell he was just kind of uh, really struggling. And that's what happened last year in Tampa when he had, you know, his, his down season as he was playing through injuries. The chiefs obviously, you know, feel good enough about Wanya Morris to put him out there at left tackle. He's someone that, you know, based on his college tape, based on his preseason tape, you know, I was a little worried about him playing left tackle right away. You know, he played right tackle at the last few years at Oklahoma. Um, I, I thought that, you know, maybe he had a chance to, to do that if they needed him to do it right away. But maybe, you know, they'd go with someone else at left tackle. But I, w- I was pretty impressed with what he did against Green Bay. Uh, I think he held his own for the most part. Uh, there was one play early that, you know, he he technically gave up a sack, but Mahomes was super deep in the pocket. I think that kind of didn't help his case either. But you know, he played well for the most part. He he is a good run blocker. And so that's that's the one thing is they may embrace that this week against Buffalo. And, and you know, if he's going to be in the lineup, you may see maybe a little more focused run game, you know, maybe more under center, uh, you know, run empowered or counter to the left and, and letting him down block because they sprung one run, uh, you know, last week with Pacheco. And it's because Wanye really fired out and, and really, you know, created the space on the down block, uh, you know, down, down on the defensive tackle. So, yeah, I, I think. He, he looked pretty solid for, for his first game, um, you know. So I think if, if he does have to play, which it does sound like he is going to start this week, he's preparing for it. He, he kind of told media today he's preparing to start. So it's going to be something that can be exploited in the past game, I'm still sure. Uh, he wasn't – he didn't get – you know, it, there wasn't a ton of opportunity for Green Bay to take advantage of him as a pass protector um, just because of how the game the game was going and, and how the Chiefs were, were really, you know, doing well between the 20s running the ball. But all I have to say is he's still a rookie left tackle, so I, I'd still I'm still a little worried about it. Even though Donovan Bills, hasn't been that good this year either. Bills DNs have been their strong suit this season. Uh, I think interior wise, the Chiefs' uh, strength for them that will probably Ed Oliver's been good. The rest, like I said, they haven't been able to fill in anybody for Daquan Jones. The ends have been very good with AJ Epinesa um, and Greg Russo and Leonard Floyd. Um, it's been a positive the uh, defense from the defensive end position. Bills are you know second or third in the league in sacks. Um, I, I, so. I will say real quick, I, I, I don't think it's been I, I think we're we are in Kansas City starting to see a little bit of the physical decline in Joe Tooney as a run blocker. And so, you know, if you guys do have, you know, uh, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones back and, and, and going at it, uh, you know, I, I think there's some some opportunity inside. Trey Smith has been an all pro type of guard this year. He's been awesome. But but I think I think Joe Tooney has been a little, uh, you know, not as impressive this year. So, you know, I think that one spot maybe there. I've some heard some issues in run block, but I mean, I, I just think Tooney's so solid. Like, I'm sure he's having some decline, but guard is there's guards a week around the league for the most part and in majority. And, and he's to me at least top 12. Uh, but oh, the yeah. Bills have gotten some oh, good guard play, too. So 
Um, you know, we got lucky uh, scoring Osiris Torrance because everyone just said he was a right guard. Um, so the Bills took him, and he's been every bit as much kind of like a Creed Humphrey style where the Bills got pretty lucky. It's been a gaping hole for them since the Bills have played the Chiefs. Um, so they finally were able to secure the interior. That was the main reason they weren't able to, to move on last year um, and their interior. And, their, and Spencer Brown was supposed to be the Bills' biggest weakness of the season. He's been pretty good. Um, so the Bills have been secured on the O-line. We'll see if they're secure enough for it to matter this week. But uh, I just figured I'd ask about the tackle. And Yanyuanye Morris, like, I don't know how much of a decline to Donovan Smith that can really maybe a play here or there. But right. I, I just don't. I think you'll be fine. Uh, maybe it's an upgrade, long-term upgrade for you. Um, so usually that happens to the Bills. The someone goes in, he's better than his replacement. <laughs> so to me, I, I mean, that's maybe if you're missing one of those interior guys, to me, that I mean, maybe it'll rear its ugly head, but I – I tend to think uh, it, it no, may be good to get him, get him some reps. Yeah, no, there's there's some truth to Donovan Smith maybe being more of a liability, uh, you know, especially if you guys if you're saying your ends are playing well right now, um, you know, because yeah. he, he's kind of a hit or miss tackle, man. He, he has strong reps, and then I think sometimes he just takes a rep a little off maybe, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's getting flattened. You know, I don't know. He's, he's kind of an up and down dude. All right, Ron, it's time. Thank you so much for all of your updates. Really appreciate you coming on here for 45 minutes. Yeah, it's minutes. been fun. Tell us- Tell us your score. Like I ask you every time need a score prediction from you. Bills are in desperation mode. Chiefs, you know, they're coming off a loss. We already went through the stats. Mahomes have hasn't lost back to back in 44 games. So will that show up or will the Bills desperation take over or get, give us what happens? Um, because Josh, you're probably going to see the best of Josh Allen. And unfortunately, instead of in the playoffs, it's in, in week 14. Man, it, it, it is tough. Uh, because the Bills are in, in honestly a pretty good position, right? Coming off the bye week, you know, in 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 again, not in posi- not in good position in terms of in the standings, but desperation mode is a good thing yeah. to have in an individual game, you know, compared to the other team. You know, that is good energy to have. And you know, I if if the Chiefs didn't drop that game to the Packers last week, I probably would sit here. I would probably tell you all that I I think you guys are going to come in here and win just because of that energy, just because. You know, the Chiefs are probably due to drop at least one game down the stretch and, and y'all are the best team they're going to play. And 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 again, you know, I don't think, you know, all that to say, I am not going to say that because I do think the Chiefs are going to come back, answer answer the, the loss uh, with, with a more respectable performance. But I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, I think the Chiefs offense is going to really have to show up. Um, it's going to have to be one of those games. We've only seen them a few times this year where they really are just super efficient, finishing drives, no turnovers. It's only been a couple times this year and, yeah. and it could happen this game with how not only they know the bills defense, but obviously the injuries I could, I could see the chiefs offense coming alive for this game, but I, I could absolutely see the, the bills offense making it as hard as possible on them. I think they're catching the chiefs defense at a really good time. Um, and, and honestly, it's just be, I, I, the bills offense is one of the best in the NFL, you know, no ifs, ands or buts. And so I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of reasons why, you know, if the Chiefs offense just doesn't finish a drive here or there, you know, turnover penalties that I've kind of talked about has been has reared its ugly head. I can absolutely see you guys, you know, winning, winning in a shootout. But I, I do think it's going to be a shootout. And I'm going to I'm going to say Chiefs 34, 31, get it done. And I got to basically mimic the, the Eagles game last week for the Bills. Um, and that's probably what most people are. I think most people would agree, at least in the Bills side, that like you wish they were playing off of a, K, a Packers win because and I think there's an opportunity that now you're fat in the standings. Now you're pretty, pretty ahead. Bills are coming in desperation. No back-to-back loss scenario. Um, I think that's what most, I think people were, I mean, 
look, we're not really competing with the Chiefs at this moment in terms of positioning or anything. So I think most people would have said, I don't care if the Chiefs would have won um, last week because we want somehow to get a get get some advantage off of our buy next right. week. McDermott is six and zero off the buy, um, so it is it is it is interesting. All the numbers that are coming together, and the Bills do traditionally play well at Arrowhead for the most part. Um, so it, it's it's going to be a good one, and unfortunately, it's Week 14 and not not in some late stages of the playoffs and. Bills may not see it off a loss. There's still a path to win four straight, which they could do, um, especially with a couple home games um, off of this and sneaking in a seven seed and see Kansas City in the wild card around the league. Be a treat for the league, but not overly fair to like. I mean, that's not overly fair to either party that that's a wild card around game. <laughs> um, but it's on the docket of potentials, and if it does happen, Ron, we will absolutely have you back on um, as another Bills. Uh, arrowhead preview um because i it's it is now possible that they could see each other early on in the playoffs unfortunately so well and, but ron i mean that would be the matchup of the wild. i mean you know the tv producers I mean, want that that's for sure i mean they they, they you're talking about a, a super bowl afc championship type of in the wild card in a wild card round yeah so yeah that's that's a treat wouldn't for hate everybody it. wouldn't hate it for that's, that they would not hate it i would hate it on the on the chief's perspective just because i Dude, you guys are owed like a Browns game or something. I I mean, come on. Like you're owed. Um, we're, we're, we're owed a tougher postseason run, I would say. I mean, yeah, we, I we've so. had the Arrowhead Invitationals. Uh, we've had, you know, teams, you know, lose, uh, you know, before we play them. Uh, yeah, like Their the Ravens of 2019 yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, we played Ryan Tannehill in an AFC championship. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I guess I guess you are owed like a Allen, some version of an Allen Tua slash lamar type of run so um we'll either way it. you guys will probably take it and then you can add that to your resume of of playoff runs so <laughs> uh i really appreciate having you on ron thanks for making a few minutes what are you working on where can bill's fans find you this week yeah man i uh, had a great time appreciate everyone watching appreciate everyone listening uh, appreciate you guys having me on uh yeah at ron underscore cop on twitter um, arrowheadpride.com is where all my work is at. Uh, I'll have, I have film reviews of, of each game, but I, I do, you know, my preview pieces, five things to watch for this game. I'll be looking at probably, you know, whether, Hey, we'll see some, some Josh Allen run game. Apparently it's always something you guys break out against us. Yep. Uh, some other things maybe. So yeah, five things to watch. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Arrowheadpride.com. Go check it out. Thanks, Ron. Yeah, you will see some Josh Allen. I think that's desperation, Josh. You will see the best of Josh Allen. And great. I mean, it will lead to a good week 14 game on 4 o'clock with Tony Romo. Oh, yeah. So, Ron, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. We'll be in touch if we play again. And everybody go out and uh, follow Ron Cop at underscore, Ron underscore Cop. Um, so we really appreciate you, Ron. We'll catch you soon. All right. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, Kevins. You got it, Ron. Uh, what a great uh, segment there, Kevin. We got some really good insight. What, what are your takeaways? I guess I would just say that I agree with Ron that it's going to be a shootout because I think both defenses have been playing pretty well for the most part, the Chiefs more so than the Bills. Although, going off of the stats that I was pulling up before Ron came on, the Bills do have some pretty favorable statistics on the defensive side. But I think in a game like this, you're going to have to throw all that out because it's Josh Allen and it's Patrick Mahomes. And like Ron said, Mahomes is going to figure it out. And like you said, you're going to see a desperation, Josh Allen. And both of those scare me. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm not going to go too high, and I'll save 
that for our score prediction segment, which I would think we're going to be getting to very soon here. But uh, I'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah, and and I asked him a couple times and brought up the fact of like it's a bummer. This is a week fourteen game. Like I would have rather had it early on in the season or in the playoffs. Uh, but you will get the best from Josh, and I think in return, just how Pat Mahomes is, you're going to get the best of Patrick Mahomes. Like it's just that simple. There's no way he watches Josh Allen do his thing in his stadium and not counter, regardless of what his receivers are doing. He'll make it happen, uh, and if not, then the Bills will win. But I, I do bank on Mahomes figuring out uh, what he needs to do to put on at the bare minimum a really great game. So. Uh, it, Look, the Bills had to go through the Eagles and the Chiefs. They did need to take one of them. And just like Ron said, if they weren't coming off a loss, maybe he picked the Bills. Equally so, if the Bills maybe were coming off a win, maybe I just didn't think there was any path that they were going to go 2-0 in this stretch of Eagles-Chiefs. Um, just, that's just not plausible. Like That's just not really that likely for anybody to go through that two, those two teams with double wins. Um, and like Maybe the 49ers. I don't know if there's any real teams that would – come through that gauntlet to be able to do that. So the bills do need to take one. I think they're desperation mode and desperation mode with a good quarterback and a pretty good team. Uh, usually has off of a bye, team fully healthy. The chiefs are finally seeing some, some injuries. Um, I think all of that amounts to the bills, the NFL wanting to see the bills in the playoffs over some of these quarterbackless teams. Um, <laughs> so I, I think like ultimately you're going to get the best of Josh Allen. I think you know, it's funny you say that because I saw on Twitter today, people were saying, I can't remember who was talking about it, but when I read this, I was like, you know what? I could actually see that where the NFL doesn't want to have all these scrubs in the playoffs. So you might see some of the officiating sway back and favor Buffalo because maybe the NFL says, hey, we can't have Gardner Minshew and Mitch Trubisky and, and Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco in the playoffs instead of Josh Allen. Let's boost them up a little bit. So that gave me a little bit of confidence because most times I would say you're nuts. They're not doing that, but after what we've seen as of late, especially the last couple of weeks, I think anything's on the table with these refs. And they borderline almost, you know, had to see some version of no Trevor Lawrence, depending on how long he's out. Like the last thing they want to do now is to continue like like the next best quarterback is easily CJ Stroud in the playoffs, uh, just because there is nobody there. And like Ron said, it sells, man. Josh Allen versus Lamar, Josh Allen versus Tua, Josh Allen versus uh Patrick Mahomes. What a wild card matchup that would be um, early on in that game. And if they happen to play Jacksonville or Jacksonville would be the other option. Um, was it CJ Beathard or will it be Trevor Lawrence? I have to imagine Trevor Lawrence is back in a couple of weeks uh, with that high ankle sprain, but he maybe won't be the same. Um, so that's pretty important that the league, I think we'll want it with Burrow out. I, I will think we'll want to see would prefer to see a team like the bills surge and I'm not saying they're going to get calls. I'm just saying they're hoping for that to happen. And it's got to start this week because if you pull up the last thing I want to talk about here before we get into score prediction is the playoff simulator. I'm missing my 538 playoff simulator. It is by far my favorite. Uh, that New York Times one sucks, in my opinion. Um, but if you go through the permutations of it, if the Chief, the Bills um, do lose to the Chiefs, um, their odds dropped about single digits. Um, and even winning out, puts them at winning out, puts them at about a 50, 50 affair. And if you go through the games, I'm at 86% at best, which means uh, they're nowhere. And that's at best. There's nowhere for them to go yet. 86% would mean they're out because if you go through all the games, then you're rooting at for a week 18 situation of winning out, beating the Cowboys, 
um, uh, beating the Dolphins in week 18 and then hoping for like a, you would need like a Ravens win against the Steelers and a Titans win against the Jags. Uh, potentially they're the ones out or you would need some form of you definitely need the Texans to beat the Colts. Um, so you need like two games and they could happen, um, but you would absolutely need a lot of help um, in a situation where you lose to the Chiefs. And it basically comes in the form of that AFC South starting to lose a lot of games. So it's not great. Anything could happen. Josh Allen's good enough to win four games in the, in the end of the year. But why would they win four games but go six and seven? It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, Kevin. If they do get in a situation where they're six and seven, you may be looking at a two and two finish. Um, so I think that you need to have everything to play for. And do you even play Josh Allen against New England and Miami if things are looking bleak? That's a topic we're going to have to discuss next week and hopefully not. Um, so let's get into score predictions. What do you have, Kevin? I think I got a sense of what you'll say, but uh, but uh, tell us tell us your opinion and why. All right. So getting into score predictions now. Again, um, I do have a shootout, but I think the defenses are going to make a few more plays than maybe some of us are thinking. So I have Buffalo winning 30 to 27. I know Mahomes is usually pretty dominant after a loss, but Sean McDermott is undefeated following the bye. And I think for everything that we talked about at the beginning of this show, how the bills are getting healthy, Joe Brady had an extra week to prepare and to kind of learn the offense and try to implement some of his own tactics. I just really like the bills here because you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cut myself short. I'll let you give your predictions. And then during the final takeaway, I'll, uh, I'll pull up my, my infamous or my famous, my famous graphic here. Okay. All right, total total plot twist here. Um, I just as we've talked about all show, I just have the Bills in desperation mode, and you've seen the best under Joe Brady, like to the point where everyone wants him back as offensive coordinator, rightfully so. Some people want him as head coach, and some people may think he may go get a head coaching job. So he in two games, he's really cemented himself as a young upstart offensive coordinator, um, who maybe had a bad a bad shake in Carolina, similar to maybe what Dable had previous. Uh, in his previous uh, offensive coordinator jobs previous to the Bills. So uh, I do think they have a natural fit there. Um, I think he's going to go out and put his best game together with an extra week. I think the Bills win. They've won an arrowhead in the regular season. This isn't a playoff game. McDermott's the second winning as head coach in the regular season in all of sports. And until we're talking about the divisional round, we can talk more about his deficiencies then. In the regular season, they do happen to get it done. I think they progress to the mean, and it starts with a win against KC. I got the Bills winning this one. 30 to 21. Um, and I, that's a number that stuck out to me. It's, it's, it's a struggle in Kansas city to get more points than that. Um, but I do think it gets done. I think the bills go ahead nine to where you don't have to worry about a final drive. Uh, they will be ahead enough. Um, and the bills will actually seal the deal on defense, even though they're up just nine to make it a little easier, but that's my score prediction. And I think it does at least give the bills a chance to win Dallas, a chance to win chargers, a chance to win against the Patriots going into that dolphins game with your scenario. Yeah. And I think that's a good segue because getting into our final takeaways here, I'm going to pull up this graphic like I've been doing every week and I'm going to continue to do it until I can't. Okay. As soon as I can find it, that is. Got some score predictions rolling in everybody. This show is brought to you. This segment, this final takeaways is brought to you by Sons of Erie, www.sonsoferie.com. You can see over my shoulder, some really great artwork. 
um, you know, one of the best around, as well as is brought to you by the Summit Center, some of the best autism care and some of the best uh, disability care in Western New York. Do whatever you can to check them out as well. Um, waiting for Kevin's infamous, and we have some score prediction, 2410. Uh, we got a 30-31 tie. I'm not sure how that would how that would factor into a Bills run. Uh, better than a loss, I'm sure that would give them some, some flexibility uh, if they could win out with a tie. Uh, we got our friend of the show, Tommy Giambra, 31-24. And we got Robbie saying 35-20. 35-20 is close to what I had. I, you know, 30-21. to 21. So um, there's definitely some good feels in here for Chiefs Week. Usually there's a lot more. Uh, we got a Chiefs fan in here, 23-17 Chiefs. Um, I don't think you keep the Chiefs to, or the Bills to 17 points in this game, but it's possible. So, so that being said, here's the graphic. So over the last three seasons here, in 2020, the Bills finished on a six-game winning streak and won the AFC East. 2021, they finished on a four-game winning streak and won the AFC East. And then last year, they won seven games in a row and won the division. So that is what is giving me confidence here. And just pulling up a couple other graphics that we still have. As you said before, this is the same kind of route that they took in 21, where they had that tough loss to Tampa. They were seven and six, two games back in New England, and then they ripped off four straight. And now you look at the Philly game. Are we in for a, a similar path here? Because the Bills do seem to play their best when their backs are up against the wall. It is it is a very um, usable clip here because there's no denying that the Bills have won lots of games in December as that graphic shows. So you're talking about a situation where they finished seasons uh, December. Josh Allen's very good in December. Um, and this one is just the final push they need for the playoffs. And I think they're going to at least give us a push. I don't see a scenario to where we're talking about whether they should play Josh Allen or not against New England or against uh, Miami. Um, in meaningless football games. So I do think that you'll see a situation to where he does enough uh, and he's going to shock the league like he tried to do last week. I do think the Bills will do enough to put them solely right back in with a Chiefs win. Now they're in kind of a situation to where now they're in the four seed. Now they're, you know, a little bit struggling against Denver. Um, they have to make sure they make sure they don't drop anything. Um, and now they're only uh, really like could be pot potentially only a game up from Denver, game up from Buffalo. Um, so they're, they're in the thick of things, but they have a pretty easy schedule. I don't see them dropping below the two or three seed, even with the bills loss. I think they went out. Um, I don't, I don't, I, that's my, my, my argument to Ron would be, I think the chiefs win four in a row. I don't think, I don't know. They necessarily win five in a row. Um, and I think they went four in a row to go to maybe the three seed and then maybe sets up a situation to where bills or dolphins game against Kansas city in week one would be a treat for the league, but there you have it. A very long edition. We had some guests. We had some comments. We had a lot of things to talk about. Please smash the like button to all of our on-demand listeners on Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify and all of where you entertain your podcasts. Thank you for listening and leave five stars across, as well as put your comments below. We love to see score predictions. And we had some big winners of the Built in Buffalo uh, giveaway last week. Uh, as well, we saw some some people selected for that and maybe some more giveaways on the fold. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel for chances to win all types of cool memorabilia. What do you got for us, Kevin? I have one more graphic that I want to pull up, and then I have a question for you as well. Sure. So I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago as well, that I'm also getting some vibes from the 2017 season, because if you remember, 
The Bills went into Kansas City late in the season with a 500 record. They were 5-5 five and five at the time, and there were a lot of questions about McDermott's decisions, a.k.a. starting Nathan Peterman over Tyrod when you were trying to end the drought. And then the Bills needed to win at least four of their final games to keep the season alive, plus get a little bit of help, a.k.a. Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd. And their final two games were against New England and Miami. So between that graphic and this graphic about how the Bills have finished on winning streaks to win the division each of the last three seasons, I just have that feeling that we could be in for it for a fourth year in a row. And my question real quick, I want to make sure that we cover this. Who are some quick rooting interests that we need to have as Bills fans here, Kevin? I know, you know, the game tomorrow night, we're going to be pulling for New England as much as I hate to root for New England, but that's the state that we're in right now. We need the Patriots to somehow beat Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers. Um, I know we have a big game between the Broncos and the Chargers. We're going to have to root for the Chargers. We're going to have to somehow hope that Zach Wilson can beat C.J. Stroud. And then what else are we looking at? Yeah, a couple of big ones. You've mentioned a bunch of them. Patriots, 6% win probability for the Bills uh, playoff odds. With a, if for some reason the Steelers can lose to the Patriots, you never know with backup quarterbacks. Big one, Colts, Bengals. You are rooting for the Bengals in that game. Um, even with them having a tiebreaker over you, that's okay. The Bills' odds can go up drastically. That's a big one. Bengals, Colts, you're rooting for the Bengals, as weird as that may seem. Uh, you want them to win at home. The Bills' odds can go up as many as 27% late in the season if that win goes their way. So um, that's a big one you're looking out for. Browns, Jags is obviously, you know, you're actually rooting for the Jags in that one. Uh, but not killer because then that not if the Jags do lose that, then that really starts to knock them into play against the Texans um, as well. And Broncos Chargers, like you mentioned, another one where you're you're rooting for the Chargers. You can control your own destiny against the Chargers. You need to win that game anyway, so you're rooting for the Chargers in this one. Yes, it would be nice to play the Chargers, basically tanked. Um, but for the Bills playoff hopes, uh, you're you're rooting for the Chargers. And lastly, you're still looking forward to it. You're still hoping for it. You want a Titans win. They were able to put up a pretty good fight. Can they do enough against uh, against uh, the Dolphins? Because if they can, that puts you in an extremely better position if they can drop either to the Titans or the Jets next week. Not likely, probably not happening, especially with Dolphins being at home for all these games going down the stretch. They don't have to go on one road game, uh, maybe all the way as far as the playoffs, if they can keep the one seed. Um, so you do need something to give here. You need the Titans to show up with Derrick Henry, possibly healthy uh, and a good looking, you know, rookie quarterback and Will Levis. That's a big one too, because that really starts to make things different. If you can get a Titans win. And that's, that's where my energy is this week. I'm looking at the Titans. I'm looking at the Bengals um, and the Patriots, if at all, for multiple reasons that it, it gives them out of this, this two win. You want them as up the standings as possible uh, as well as knocking off the Steelers. So there's a couple big unlikely ones in there. But root for it. You never know. It's a National Football League. And just on a one-game basis, you never know what Derrick Henry could do. You never know if if Bill Belichick has something up his sleeve on a short week against a team with no offense. Uh, so those are those are your rooting interests for this week. Um, as always, we really appreciate everybody tuning into this show um, from the Going Deep Buffalo podcast. I'm Kevin. That's Kevin, presented by Sons of Erie, presented by the Summit Center. We look forward to being on here next week, hopefully talking some big-time um, playoff scenarios and we're not just in very very do or die like almost out mode um, and we're going to bring you the best of Cowboys coverage that we possibly can we're looking for some big announcements here at Built in Buffalo too in the coming uh, coming week so from Kevin that's Kevin we'll be here 
And we look forward to speaking with everybody from the Built in Buffalo Network on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter this time, 7 o'clock every Wednesday. We'll catch you guys later.